Sports Beat Extra with the Boyle Sports app. Available now. This is betting. 18 plus. Gamblingcare.ie I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. There's more issues than the travel. I said I just can't do so it. As games go on and you don't get a goal, you start to have little questions in the back of your mind. Ah! Welcome back to the latest edition this Saturday the 7th of November and despite the days getting shorter the fixture list continues to grow so join me Kevin Galvin to get the inside scoop on this week's Sportsbeat Extra. This week we hear from the Tipperary camp on the weekend of a massive Munster semi-final. 99 times out of 100 if a player has a choice in Tipperary play inter-county hurling or inter-county football you'll probably pick hurling that's the only way you can improve things is by getting to big occasions like Munster finals like all Ireland quarter-finals semi-finals we also hear from Conan Byrne who explains how the League of Ireland community is coming together to battle loneliness during the latest lockdown but first Kilkenny Camogie captain Lucinda Gahan joins me on the line with an all-Ireland semi-final place on the line as they face Limerick in their final group game tomorrow Sports Beat Extra with the Boyle Sports app. Available now. This is betting. 18 plus. Gamblingcare.ie. So we're delighted to be joined on the line by Kilkenny, Kilkenny Camogie captain Lucinda Gann. Um Lucinda, I suppose, look, it's been a, a good year thus far. Um, two wins out of two in the championship, particularly that that 15.8 point win over uh, Waterford. Always good to get one over the local rivals. Um, I suppose tomorrow you're playing uh, Limerick at Nolan Park. That'll be another big test uh, for you guys. But I suppose generally feeling in the camp, you must be pretty happy with how it's gone thus far. Yeah, we're very happy with the way went so far but you know every game is a challenge and there's still a long way to go we still have the game on Sunday to get over you know to get to the semi-final mm. so look mentally we're very focused and um, we're just really looking forward we're fortunate that the championship has been allowed to go ahead so we're just very grateful for that as well um, Limerick are playing tomorrow they were beaten in their first two games and I suppose you guys are, are, are you know fairly strong favourites going into it um, is there any chance of kind of rotation in the squad a little bit for the last game because obviously um, you know it were, it's a very condensed championship this year so um, is there a chance we might see um, a slightly different squad put out tomorrow afternoon well it's hard to know but you know every game I suppose we want our best squad playing and you know we're not going to underestimate Limerick Um like they're going to want to win. They've lost two games. They're going to. They're not going to want to lose this. So, you know, we're going to take every game serious. Um, you're playing at, at Nolan Park tomorrow as well. It's a good opportunity, I suppose. You know, this year we're seeing a lot more the the kind of the bigger stadiums, the bigger venues used um, for ladies football and camogie. And I suppose, look, it's 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 long over time, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it is a great opportunity to play in the likes of Nolan Park and. You know, the Wharf game was in Walsh's Park. We mightn't have had the same opportunity if, you know, all the other matches were going ahead as well. But, yeah, you know, it's great to have such good pitches available for us. I suppose I was talking to 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 Neve as well a few weeks ago. And we were, that was just off the back of um, intercounty or club games being called off, largely unfortunately due to some of the scenes we've seen from the men's side of things. I suppose do you feel an added kind of pressure 
um, the fact that you guys are in the spotlight you're expected to kind of carry the torch through this kind of lockdown very fortunate of course um, as, as you know that would admit yourself that you know you're, you're able to play um, but you, you get a sense of extra pressure do you feel an extra sense of responsibility that you have to make sure that you're doing things the right way there is professionals that um, do our trainings just to make sure that everything COVID guidelines are thoroughly forward are followed and it's just important that we follow those guidelines just to keep everyone safe and to show that, you know, Camogie can go ahead and the hurling, it can go ahead in a safe way. And, you know, we're all just trying to be responsible individuals. Uh, you know, we're tra- we're going training individually. It is a bit strange. It's a bit different. But, you know, it wasn't hard to overcome or adjust because, we want it so bad to go, you know, we, we just want to continue playing and if that's what we have to do, you know, mentally we're just focused on training and putting the effort in a train, putting the effort in a matches to get through, get past the championship, get through to the final. Um, I suppose it isn't as major an issue in Kilkenny as it would be in other counties but recently at the the Congress we had a kind of an overwhelming vote against this kind of dual code um, you know the, the new kind of that would help a dual code players play both and um, scheduling um, I suppose did you have a strong opinion on it uh, going into it? And I suppose, how do you feel about the vote? Like, there must be a lot of the, you know, a lot of your colleagues, a lot of your teammates, a lot of, a lot of girls. You know, from the other from the other counties around, must be feeling because I know the general feeling among the players is that they wanted it to be passed. I think you know when I was younger, growing up, and you know Gaelic football was coming up in Kilkenny. We got to like a junior All Ireland there, and. I was playing Camogie at the same time and so was other girls. It's just, it was just difficult to balance the two. Um, so really we kind of had to choose between one and in Kilkenny generally, like most of the time you'd stick to the Camogie. Um, but I know in other counties it must be, you know, where the football is just as big as the Camogie. It's very difficult for those players. Um, and... Yeah, it would be good if they could work together to, you know, just organise matches and so it can be facilitated for for those dual players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose, finally, Lucinda, just speaking of this year that's been, um, I suppose it's a strange one for everybody. Um, as captain, I suppose, what kind of, I asked Neve the same question, uh, like I suppose you've, you've new girls that are kind of relatively new to the panel are kind of trying to bed in, but it's difficult when you, you kind of, everyone has to stay distant. So um, how has that kind of changed the role of your captaincy? And I suppose how has COVID kind of just affected the captaincy in general and, you know, trying to keep everyone together and try and keep, keep everyone everyone motivated especially when during the months when it when it looked like we might have had a championship at all yeah it is quite challenging we've got like there's quite a lot of new players on the panel this year um but you know we've kept in touch and through covid uh we've tried to organize things over zoom um just to keep connected and you know it's made it's been great coming back in september training just We've really got close in the last few weeks, especially like everyone's at training. Um, you're getting to know everybody better. Um, and look, management have just kept us connected as well. They've they've been in, in contact through social media, through WhatsApp, and whatever the whole way through. It's been a long year, and I suppose we haven't we didn't know what to expect 
all year, but you know, we've just been prepared for we've been prepared anyway and we're just happy to kind of be back together and be able to train as well. Sports Beat Extra with the Boyle Sports app. Available now. This is betting. 18 plus. Gamblingcare.ie Brilliant clutch scores from Connor Sweeney and David Fox have seen Tipperary into their third Munster football final since the turn of the millennium this afternoon. A titanic battle saw them come out in single port winners against Limerick at the Gaelic Grounds. I spoke to manager David Power ahead of this afternoon's game and he first talked about their experience of Championship 2020. Oh, yeah, look, I suppose the whole, the, look, the whole year has been very, very strange. But I still feel, I think we're very, very fortunate to be able to still be able to play. And I think it's given people something to look at at every weekend and even every Monday and Tuesday morning to be something to talk about. So I think we're keeping, I think we're keeping a lot of people going. And I think it's, I think we're in a privileged position that we're able to do that. And, um, you know, I suppose when it comes to knockout, to be fair to the GA, uh, like, there's no really other choice other than do what they're doing, and it, I, I, and I think it's great for us. Um, you know, we're after getting off to a great start since since coming back. We we won the national football league matches against Offaly and Leitrim, and then and then we bet there as well. So look, we seem to be building up a nice bit of momentum. This season is a bit of a strange one in the fact that like we don't even know whether it's going to finish. Uh, it looks like where things are going in the right direction anyway, um, in terms of the figures. So I suppose, uh, you know, that that win against Clare, did, would you say that was kind of a season-defining win almost in a way because of the fact that you don't have that backdoor championship now? Like you've gotten through um, your first assignment, and you know, or or, or would you only kind of consider a, a monster final appearance a successful season? Yeah, look, I suppose for the last number of years, Tip hasn't been getting to a monster final, and I suppose there's been a lot of talk about our, we'll say, about our panel, and that we've probably been, we probably should have been doing a, a bit better than what we should have been doing since 2016, our semi-final appearance against Mayo. But you know, look, Cork bet him there for a couple of years, and I suppose, I suppose. Uh, the big thing last year was actually Limerick better in the Munster Championship, which was probably a bit of a, a shock. But mm. um, but look, Limerick have proven their worth since they're after winning the McGrath Cup, they're after winning Division Four of the league. So um, so like you know, but overall, I think our my initial target will say coming into the job was to maintain the Division Three status, which we've done, and um, that that we. That we start beating Clare, Limerick, and Warford again, and um, so obviously we're after beating Clare, and that's and I suppose look now we're going on, and I suppose hopefully that we can beat Limerick as well, and that we're proving that we're at least we're back to number three in Munster, um, and then after that, if you know a Munster final, look, I think there'll be some strange results, and you never know. Sport is is weird. But I suppose the focus would be on the Limerick game and and getting that result. Uh, you were it's funny you mentioned kind of being the third. You're saying about being the third side of Munster because obviously tomorrow we'll see um, Cork and Kerry go at it. That's such a, a famous old rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. But generally, like it seems like the the the, the gaps are, are are closing in in terms of Munster. I know Waterford are still a little bit off. They got fairly heavily beaten in Farfield by by Limerick um, last week. But nonetheless, um, like for yourselves, I suppose how how important do you think that that 2016 campaign was? Not just for Tipperary, but for other you know. Yeah. The, the, the likes of Limerick to say, well, if you know, there's no reason why we can't be getting there as well. 
by Tipperary getting to the All-Ireland semi-final back in 2016 gave most counties hope in the country, never mind in Munster, I think, because, you know, like, um, if you keep working hard um, and believe in what you're doing, things can happen. And and and, and ultimately, it's about being patient. Um, and, you know, obviously, you're going to need a lucky break here and there as well. But that's, you know, but ultimately, you have to believe that, you know, there's no point in saying, oh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe if we do this, you actually have to believe in yourself to get to that level. And, and that's, to be fair, to Tip Perry back in 2016, they did. They got on a, they got on a great run. Um, they bet Derry up in Cabin, they bet Galway um, in Crow Park. And really and truly, they were very unfortunate probably not to beat Mayo that day as well. Um, you know, Mayo only lost, lost to Dublin by a point that year. Uh, so, like people will be always saying Dublin are dominating, but like when when you look back at the results, Dublin are only okay out of the five in a row. The three out of the five, those those finals could have went either way, um, and and people don't know. So like Dublin, maybe are not as far ahead as as what maybe people would think. You know, have you found that that the attitude? amongst maybe county border amongst general population kind of changed after 2016 because you know often times in Munster the big ball is kind of seen as a distraction in the, in the three counties of Waterford uh, I know water, uh, football's obviously strong in West Waterford particularly but um, generally the hurling is reign supreme and the football is kind of an afterthought like has the attitude slightly changed there's been a bit more emphasis a bit more respect maybe shown to the footballers Hurling is number one at Tipperary, and I've, I've always said that, and, and, and not, that's not an issue. And, um, and I have to say, to the, the Tip County Board have always backed the football. You know, and there might be a perception that they don't, but like even I take this year, this is my first year involved, that we wanted, um, we've gotten from the County Board, even you know, even since we've come back since the 14th of September, they've been top class, and so has the football board in Tipperary, and so has the Friends of Tipperary have been brilliant as well. The only way to move forward is by actually winning and getting good results. And and, and, and that's the way it is. Like when I was over the minor team back in back in two thousand nine, ten, eleven and twelve we were trying to build something and you know and it was it was that belief that got us over the line back in two thousand eleven. And then for the next couple of years then the football every young fellow wanted to play football. So that's the only way you can improve things is by getting to big occasions like Munster finals, like All Ireland quarter finals, semi finals. Look, the reality is, ninety nine times out of a hundred, if a player has a choice in Tipperary, play into county hurling or into county football, we'll probably pick hurling. But at the same breath, what I keep saying, not everyone is going to make a thing in a hurling panel. So what the football can do is make sure that 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 you expose them to a high quality setup, and that and. And that they know if they come into the football that they're going to be well looked after as well, and that and that we that we can be competitive in any competition that we're in as well. Do you think that you know, in terms of those counties, that 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 players should be given more of an opportunity to play both codes? Because when you say, of course, ninety nine percent of the time they're going to want to, or at least the pressure is going to be there for them to play hurling because it is the the kind of more recognisable or the more popular sport, I suppose, or the code. So, do you think there needs to be more done? Um, you know, even the, 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 your own secretary, um, Tim Floyd, we were talking to, and he was saying that potentially COVID kind of showed that actually there's more room for dual code stuff and kind of we don't need to have as many fixtures. We need to let players uh, play both. Yeah, um, I suppose to be fair about it, um, at senior inter county level, I, you couldn't dual. 
I'll be to, to, to be fair about it because it's gone to such a level now. Um, it's semi-professional in, because in terms of the amount of sessions they're doing, and um, I don't think it's possible. But where I do think it's possible is from under twenty down. I think that's where it's possible to be able to allow the young people. If and this is it goes back to the player. If they want to play both, they should be allowed and given a chance to play both. Look, it's just the way it has to be, I suppose, given the fact that there are more teams that play football at the county level than hurling. But is it a bit difficult when you see, like, say, for for the senior hurlers losing to Clare, for example, they now have the opportunity to go through the back door. They got a bye, obviously, into the second round of the hurling championship qualifiers. Whereas yourselves, had you lost against Clare, that would have been your season over. Like, is, is, yeah. is it a bit strange for the players knowing that kind of the hurlers are getting an extra chance while the footballers aren't? Look, I've heard that the days, I suppose. Again, there was a clear message sent out that they wanted to finish the National Football League, and then everyone was going to be guaranteed a championship match. So everyone was going to be guaranteed three matches. So I think the Holland they decided not to proceed with the with the league, and I suppose that's where they had a bit of room to do the back door. Also, the number of teams in the Holland is a lot less than the football, so that gives them a better scope. And I think, to be fair, I haven't heard many managers giving out about about the fact of. That does not back door. Sports Beat Extra with the Boyle Sports app. Available now. This is betting. 18 plus. Gamblingcare.ie. So we're delighted to be joined on Skype, uh, I suppose, by uh, League of Ireland, former League of Ireland player and current Glenavon midfielder Conan Byrne. Uh, Conan, you may know as a previous host of the Greatest League in the World podcast, but now um, doing all kinds of different things. He's a man of many hats, and I suppose one of those, Conan, is uh, the initiative that you're involved at the moment. I know it kind of came from the GAA originally, where I suppose League of Ireland players, former League of Ireland players and current League of Ireland players and managers, people involved in the league, are available to pick up the phone and have a chat with those feeling a little bit alone or a little bit isolated um, during lockdown. So um, I suppose tell us initially kind of where the idea of the scheme came from. Yeah, well, I was, I think it's about two weeks ago now, I was sitting down watching telly and um, David Brady, the former Mayo footballer, was uh, on Clareburne and he was talking about what he did during the last lockdown where he um, just put a call out to elderly and isolated um people in the Mayo area and he'd pick up the phone every Friday night and he'd, he'd call it Friday night chats and he'd talk about maybe his inter-county career, he'd, talk about, he'd ask them about their own um, their own life stories and it just went from there and um, I was like well sure if he did that sure why can't we do something similar in the League of Ireland and um, I sent out a text message to a couple of, clo- to a couple of uh, people on my phone that were involved in football and yeah, it spiralled from there, went very, very quickly and uh, within 24 hours over 100, 100 people wanting to get involved and within 48 then over 200. So it was, um, it just spiralled from there and then I just put it out, put out a tweet saying that if anybody did want a call or if they had a loved one that wanted to receive a call um, to get in touch with me through my Twitter, Twitter handle and um, yeah, it's been non-stop since then. I suppose the other thing we love about the League of Ireland is that, you know, when you, like a great example of it, of course, was last week when we saw uh, Dundalk playing Arsenal. Um, you know, Arsenal, a team where Mesut Ozil is paid, whatever, three times in a week what uh, League of Ireland teams win in a season. 
Um, and I suppose a lot of those players are very disconnected with the fans where, you know, like a great example, as I said, was the, the last week before that game between Dundalk and Arsenal. Some of the Dundalk players were, were chatting to um, like even just this, you know, like an elderly Dundalk fan who had gotten in touch with you. And then all of a sudden he was speaking uh, to some of the Dundalk players on the eve of probably what's one of the biggest matches in their career. Absolutely. Like that, the player involved in that was Gary Rogers. And Gary, over the course of his career, has given tremendous service to the League of Ireland, um, given his GAA background as well. And um, he's played and he's been at the top level for over nearly two decades now. And um, he contacted me, uh, I think it was the night before um, he left Ireland to go to uh, to travel over to London. And he just said, look, I'll be in my room from, from eight o'clock on uh, Wednesday night if you want if anybody has put their name forward I'd be very very happy to to talk to somebody at that time of the evening and said I'm winding down myself at that time and um, I'd love to get involved so yesterday uh, look as I said my phone has been non-stop for the last couple of weeks and um, a Dundalk fan as you said Frank there came uh, his son got on the line and he got onto me on Twitter and said look my dad is, is cocooning he, um, he misses the Dundalk games terribly um, is there any chance that you, um, a Dundalk um, player can contact him at the weekend? He certainly wasn't expecting a call that evening, uh, the day before, as you say, one of the biggest games of his career. And um, I said, well, how does Gary Rogers sound? And he's free, to, he's free tonight. So you can just imagine the conversation that they had in the lead up to that Arsenal game playing at the Emirates. Um, the success so far, I suppose, of them going through the Europa League and getting to the group stages. And it was a, a wonderful opportunity for, for Frank and indeed Gary to, to have that conversation. But it's important to note as well that it wasn't just uh, Gary, Brian Gartland as well contacted somebody that the, uh, previously um, to his game at the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the weekend. And not only that, he contacted him after the game against Arsenal as well to see what he thought of the performance of the Dundalk side. And um, imagine a, a Dundalk a fan who hasn't been able to attend the games in so long, giving feedback to one of the players that were playing on the pitch at the Emirates. It's a truly heartwarming stories. I suppose you know there's so much bad news around the League of Ireland. Like we've heard so many financial stories of financial ruin, and uh, even recently in, with Cork City, we hear we hear the difficulties they have. So it's nice for a change to have a, a kind of a good news story coming out of the League of Ireland. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, I do. I think the League of Ireland does get criticism, and, and sometimes it's it's rightly to be criticised because some of the some of the clubs aren't dealing do, doing things the right way, and I think that that has to be that has to be brought to the public's attention. And um, but but I do feel that there is a lot of good that happens in this league that isn't talked about enough, and um, I think the players have been, as I said, have been absolutely wonderful through through all of through my whole career anyway. And um, I don't think they they get the recognition sometimes that they deserve for for that because a lot of these are part time players. They're not full time full time footballers, and um, they're still giving up their time. I know like, just to talk about this initiative. Obviously, there's a couple of players that work nine to five and then say, "Look, Conan, I can't talk to them until I can't make that call until half six, seven o'clock." And they're like, "Yeah, it's absolutely no problem. You, this, it's, there's no pressure on you whatsoever." And they're like, "No, I, I want to do this. I want to give something back." And, um, it's just it's it's great to see. Sports Beat Extra with the Boyle Sports app available now. This is betting eighteen plus gamblingcare.ie. That's all from this week's Sports Beat Extra. You can listen back to this and every other episode by visiting beat one hundred two one hundred three dot com forward slash podcasts. But up next is Trish with Beat Anthems.